This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to a special holiday edition of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine, and today we're featuring some highlights of our favorite conversations about the holidays from Seasons 2 and 3. We're going to kick things off today with chef, author, and host of HGTV's Delicious Miss Brown, Cartier Brown. So, Cartier, what is a gullah dish that's always on your Thanksgiving table? Mm-hmm. Several. We have gullah red rice. Oh, gosh, our chewies is always on the dessert table. We make oyster stuffing. We make oyster rice because, you know, of course, oysters are in season in November. You know, we always remember oysters are in season with the months that have an R in it. So September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. We don't eat oysters after that. Oh my gosh, our seafood pasta, our hot water cornbread, our Thanksgiving tables are, it's insane. Well, and if you get all those cousins cooking, I'm guessing you get a little bit of everything. Oh my gosh, two or three of the same things. Like, how many sweet potato pies can we have? We make sweet potato pone. That's another dish that's in the cookbook as well. Shredded sweet potatoes. It's made with cinnamon and sugar, and it's almost like a sweet potato casserole with the flavors of sweet potato pie. And I wanted to ask you about crab rice. Is that something that you grew up with or that you still like to make? We definitely grew up on crab rice. We would take the blue crab. We would go crabbing on the crab traps, get the crabs out, get the blue crab, and pan pick the meat from the blue crab. We didn't have fancy lump crab meat back in those days. So we would get the blue crab, hand pick it, and then fry it up with some bell pepper, celery, onions, Take that blue crab, fry it up in the pan with that Carolina gold rice. You got yourself a meal. You got your protein, you got your carb. And if you want to consider your veggies, you know, your bell peppers or mirepoix, that's all in one dish. So I grew up eating that and I still do. Chrissy Metz is an actress, author, and musician who many of you know from the hit television show, This Is Us. Chrissy and I chatted about some of her fondest holiday memories, including the time she found out the secret ingredient in bourbon balls. Well, so we're kind of approaching the holiday season. Were the holidays something that she got really excited about? Was that a big thing in your family? Yes. I mean, my mom would have a Christmas tree in every room of the house if she could. (laughs) And she's still that way. She loves to decorate. She loves decorations. And we always would make cookies, you know, leading up to actual Christmas Day and give them to the neighbors or eat them all ourselves. But we also made like chocolates and like bourbon balls and stuff. And I'll never forget, I think I was like in sixth or seventh grade. And I was like, mom, there's real alcohol in these? She's like, Chrissy, they're called bourbon balls. And I'm like, I had no idea. (laughs) I always remember that. But yeah, leading up to any, you know, Thanksgiving, we always cook a ton and have our little traditions. And then of course, Christmas dinner and, you know, all the cookies and stuff. That was a place for your mom to shine. 
Oh yeah, for sure. My mom's originally from Buffalo, New York, but my stepfather is from the South. And I think that a lot of what he liked was kind of introduced into the family, which was kind of cool because it was like this melding of two worlds in a way. But she really, I think, found a lot of joy in making us happy too. But cooking and baking is such a labor of love. I mean, let's just take deviled eggs, for instance. (laughs) It takes so long to make a deviled egg and they're gone in a split second. (laughs) Aaron and Ben Napier are the stars of HGTV's Hometown, and they were also featured on the cover of the November issue of Southern Living in their newly renovated country house. The Napiers talk about their keeping room, their holiday traditions, and the story behind their new movie, A Christmas Open House. Aaron, so the holidays are around the corner, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the kitchen, which I know you cook a lot, and this is a room that you cared about a lot. What are some of the things that you were looking for in this kitchen? This kitchen, I wanted it to feel like downstairs at Downton Abbey. I wanted it to feel utilitarian, but elegant. It's got the screen door that goes to this little patio. It's tiny, but it's just so perfect when the weather is nice. It's just a very sunshiny little kitchen. And I feel like you cook better in a sunshiny little kitchen. We did Easter there and my mom came and she said, I just enjoy cooking in here. And I do too. It's uh, the utility of it is exactly what I hoped it would be. It's an easy to cook in kitchen. Well, it's a great space. It feels very comfortable and warm. And it's got this room attached to it that you refer to as a keeping room. Talk to me about the keeping room and why that makes that space feel so nice. Growing up, I had a friend whose mother had a little living room in the kitchen. It's not an open concept thing. It was just a big soft armchair and some books And a breakfast table. We're in this room that was a part of the kitchen. And I thought it was so wonderful. And my mom's kitchen is that way. Her desk is in there. And she sits in the window at her desk. And that's where she writes. My mom's a great writer. I like a kitchen that is where we also live. But not in an open concept sort of way. So the keeping room historically was a room adjacent to the kitchen. Where you keep your company while you're preparing the meal. And that's the room we like live in. That's the only room we use in the house. It feels like everything happens there. There's a fireplace and big, comfortable armchairs and a little breakfast table with a banquette seat in the windows. And it's right there in the kitchen. It's just the best of both worlds. In our townhouse here, when I'm cooking, everybody tries to come in the kitchen and we all just stand around and we're like, everyone's in the way. And the keeping room is the best. We need to bring it back. We need keeping rooms. I want to talk uh, Christmas for a minute with y'all. The holidays are upon us, and y'all are going to be starring in a movie on HGTV. It's called A Christmas Open House. What was that process like, and what can you tell me about it? It was fun. It was hot. Oh, my God. It was so hot. We filmed a Christmas movie in August in Laurel, Mississippi. I wore a flannel with a wool sweater over it. But we were playing characters who are basically us. 
Yeah. We're playing us by different names. So it was very easy to do. And Sarah and Henry Wright. Yeah. The director was, she was like, please put things in your own words because I don't know anything about woodworking, but you do. So say real things when it's about woodworking. And it was fun. Yeah. You know what to expect with these movies. There's a happy yeah. ending. There's a love story. There's a small town. Maybe there's not a happy ending. <laughs> it's cheesy and it's sweet and it's Christmassy. And apparently the world is really craving more and more of that. So we're a part of it. Yeah, because there's not nearly enough Christmas movies out there. So No, there's not. <laughs> I'm glad that you and I agree on this. Yeah, there are not enough. It was so much fun because... It was similar to what we do, but at the same time, totally different from the way we do it. So it was it was a blast. Are there any more movies in your future? Maybe a rom-com or something? Mm, if they uh, come to Laurel, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Chris Sullivan said he's going to get me in a movie about truck drivers, and I'm holding out for that. <laughs> Earlier this fall, actress, motivational speaker, and cookbook author Tabitha Brown chatted with me about how she cooks vegan for a crowd during the holidays. So Tabitha, the holidays are coming up, and I'm guessing the holidays are a big thing in your family. Talk to me about how you navigate a holiday gathering where not everybody is necessarily vegan. Listen, when they come in here for the holidays, unless they bring in it, Everything I cook is vegan. The last couple of years, Thanksgiving has been in my house and I do a full vegan Thanksgiving and people are like, I cannot believe I just ate vegan for Thanksgiving. I have all of the favorites, the candy yams, the mac and cheese, the greens, you know, the dressing. And I'll get a little fake turkeys, right? The little faux turkeys and stuff. But I don't even need that. Sometimes I'll just do mushrooms, right? And everybody loves it and they don't feel like they miss anything. And I keep the tradition. I keep all the things that you normally would see on a Thanksgiving or a Christmas table for dinner. And people are like, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that all of this is vegan, right? My deviled eggs is there. My saved eggs is there, okay? And it's a good time. And I always love to just introduce new things like that to people. And I get excited when they're willing and open to try something new. And I also... If they say, oh, girl, no, I brought my own plate. Okay, you enjoy that. But then they see everybody else eating. They be like, well, let me try a little bit. Uh -uh, Remember, you bought your own plate. (laughs) I let them have a little bit. (laughs) Up next, I have singer Kane Brown, who talks about his grandmother's lime sherbet punch and why it always makes him think of the holidays. So, Kane, what were the holidays like in your family growing up? Was that a big deal? Did y'all have big get-togethers, or was it a smaller thing? Yeah, I mean, to this day, they still have holidays down there. It's harder for me to get there, but Christmas, Easter, every holiday, we were going over to my mama and papa's. Everybody brings a dish, and we all just gather around and eat. And it's a little cool now that I get to go back because I don't get to see them as often as I did. So I always have stories for them of me being on the road and things like that. And, you know, you get to go back, and it has changed a little bit. I don't get treated like the old cane that I used to be, but they're still pretty level-headed with it. Who tends to bring the best dish? Do you have an aunt or somebody who's famous for their cooking? I mean, to me, it's still my mama and my nana, hands down. Well, I want to ask you about a recipe that y'all used to make around Christmas. It's a very simple recipe, and it's one part green sherbet and one part ginger ale. 
What is it about that drink that you like so much? I don't know. I think, you know, my Nana started making it and it's like, it's not frozen, but it's just cold enough. And I don't know, it, it tastes delicious. And I've loved it ever since I was a kid. So, I mean, I haven't had it in a while, but I would love, if my Nana brought it up today, I, I would drink the whole bowl. But it's always in this big punch bowl that would be on the counter, you know, just with a little scoop spoon. And I don't know. I think it just was a tradition that I fell in love with. And it just sort of feels like the holidays to you? Definitely. It's not Christmas without it, if I go down there. I need to start doing it at my house, but I don't know how to make it, even though it is a simple <laughs> recipe. And Nana's love is something about it. We'll be back with more of this special holiday edition after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today we're sharing some conversations about holiday memories and traditions, like this one with Harry Connick Jr. So Harry, what were the holidays like in your house? I mean, you know, you're known for some of your Christmas albums, which have sold better than just about any Christmas album out there. Clearly means a lot to you. What were the holidays like growing up? Was that a big deal? Well, it was a big deal because, you know, my father is Catholic. And so growing up celebrating Christmas is a big deal. It was exciting when we got to go to midnight mass. That didn't happen a lot, but when we were kids, uh, that was fun. You know, we go to church normally on Christmas Day, and, and we were lucky, you know, that we had a couple of presents to open. And, yeah, it was nice. You know, pretty traditional. Nothing, nothing really particularly New Orleans-ish about it. We didn't really have, you know, a giant Christmas dinner. Now, the guy I just mentioned, Ray Comstock, the guy I called my Uncle Ray, this guy would, man, he cooked so much food. I mean, you'd go to his house and he'd make it like just for me and my friends sometimes. He would make, you know, turkey sausage gumbo and seafood gumbo. He'll cook a whole ham. He'll deep fry a turkey. You know, he'll make jambalaya. He'll, I mean, holy cow, he makes so much food. So, uh the holidays for him were, were really big. Next up is country star Lee Bryce, who talks about his family gatherings growing up in South Carolina. Lee, in terms of holidays, I'm wondering if y'all had big family gatherings. Was that a big thing in your family? Very big. We lived on a dirt road called Bryson Road. And it started with my great-granddaddy's house, and across the dirt road, my granddaddy built a house when he got old enough and married and had all the kids and my daddy and, like, all his brothers and his two sisters. And then those brothers, when they grew up, they built right beside there. And so I grew up on this dirt road street of all my uncles and aunts and my great-granddaddy and my granddaddy all in one dirt road. So... We were together kind of all the time, you know, in that neighborhood. And so, yeah, we had our Christmas together. You go to dinner and this and that. And Grandmama cooked the macaroni and cheese. And Granddaddy did 
a big whole hog and stuff. But then on mama's side, she had a bunch, a bunch of sisters, and then she had one brother, and they sang all the time. Like they grew up singing together, gospel really? stuff. And so that was a part, big part of that. And Aunt Henry had brought the dressing, and Floriana, the youngest sister, she brought these little chocolate muffins with this homemade simple custard on top of them. But it's like the tra- a treasure. Uh, and Daddy would cook a ham and Uncle Al would cook a whole pig and like you'd have barbecue there. And, and a lot of those gatherings, I mean, we still do to this day. I go home one time a year, basically, for that so it's almost like a big family reunion. Remember those? Like every five or yeah. years, you'd have a big family reunion. But it's like that every Thanksgiving at my at, on that side of the family. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> Singer, songwriter, and former band leader of The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, John Batiste spoke to me about how he spent the holidays with his musical family in Louisiana. Well, you you grew up in a very musical family, to say the least. What were the holidays like in the Batiste house? I've got to imagine there was a lot of music. Oh, my goodness. You know, I have the blessed fortune of being born into this musical dynasty of New Orleans music and my father being my first musical mentor. When I was growing up, he was my teacher. You know, he would tell me to listen to this or he would tell me that, This is something that I might be interested in reading or checking out. Same goes for my mother, who was very intellectual in her pursuit. Although they weren't music, they would inform the music. (laughs) So she would tell me to, to, to check out this or that. And eventually I would be at my grandmother's house. And this is my, my uh, grandmother, my father's side. And this is during the summers where we would go there. My cousins, we formed a junior band. Travis and Jamal, and we would play video games half of the day, and the other half of the day we would play the soundtrack and the and the score music from the video games in the music room at my grandmother's house. And this is the same music room that my dad, when he was that age, a kid and younger, would rehearse with his brothers and my uncles. So you, you can imagine just the that house on Elm Street in Bunch Village, Old Kenner. You know, just the 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 history of what happened in that band room and me growing up and, 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 and going through that as well. It was, it, it felt like a rite of passage. In the next segment, Tennessee born singer songwriter, Valerie June talks about her grandmother's yeast rolls. Right, so the holidays have got to be a pretty big event in your house. Oh, yeah. Holidays are definitely a treat. They really are. The biggest memory of holidays, though, is Grand G. Shrolls. Because oh, she makes the best G. Shrolls. I actually sang about them in on my last record. The very first song is on Lonely Road. And it says, pile in the church for rolls. Grandmate, the best she shrouds. Gospels, the stories told about the one way to save your soul. Because that was my memory, was the yeast rolls. <laughs> I would eat as many of them as I could get in my body. 
<laughs> I feel like Graham made me an extra tray. But you know, she grew everything that she made and ate the strawberry jam that we would put on the yeast rolls. They were from the strawberries that were there. And she had a cellar downstairs and she would fill it up with all kinds of things, preserves and deep freezers, like three or four different deep freezers full of food and frozen vegetables that she had grown. So she got through like most of the years of her life by what she got off the land, you know? And mm. she's 95 now, so she's wow. now living in uh, Indianapolis, so she no longer does that, but she did it till she was maybe 88. Have you learned how to make those yeast rolls? I haven't, and I haven't for a real good reason, and that is because I have my mom making them now. Oh. <laughs> so if mama starts seeming like, you know, she's not going to be able to pull it off, then I'll learn how to do it. But for now, it's like, I have to wait my turn. It was grand, now it's mom, and then it'll be me. Coming up, we have author and Food Network personality Reed Drummond on how she likes to unwind during the holidays on her Oklahoma ranch. Well, so Ree, what did the holidays look like for you growing up? Was it a big event with lots and lots of people? We were pretty similar to how we are now around the holidays. It's very much just our immediate family, my father-in-law, my husband's brother and his family. We don't have huge crowds or huge gatherings. And I think that's part of why I love the holidays so much. I love a big family reunion, but around the holidays for us, it's time to unwind a little bit. It's not a time where we want to work extra hard. My husband and his brother are ranchers and it's a, you know, pretty much a 365 day a year enterprise where they, they can never really take their eye off the ball with the exception of Thanksgiving day and Christmas day where they really do feel like they can kick their boots off literally and figuratively and just enjoy not having to go feed the cattle and unless there's a blizzard and that has happened before. (laughs) But so I, I kind of take my cues from that and I don't want to get the household up in a, you know, in an uproar over a big, elegant, huge gathering. So we wear jeans and go to midnight mass and which is actually at 6 p.m. and in our small town. But our holidays to me are about relaxing and and eating. Finally, we have Grammy award-winning musician Keb Mo. He tells us how he used to celebrate Thanksgiving twice with his family. We would have two Thanksgivings during Thanksgiving. So the big meal, Thanksgiving meal, the turkey would be at the center of it, of course, the turkey. And then the dressing, you know, would be a cornbread dressing with sausage, onions, and a number of things in there. And it was just, the dressing was the star. Some of it was got stuffed in the turkey, but most of it was in a big pan. And the dressing was outstanding. So they make cornbread, mash the cornbread up, put it all together, rebake it in the, you know, in the oven, and and they make the gravy out of the stuff and the giblets from the turkey would go in the dressing and we spread it out. And um, so we'd have Thanksgiving on the Thursday. And then my Aunt Laura would do her do her Thanksgiving on Friday. You know, because and then we we so we so those that wanted to do Thanksgiving again, 
she'd go over, go over, and she had a kick butt. I'm just going to say kick butt. Can you say kick butt? on? Oh, yeah, living? sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the yams, the cornbread dressing, turkey, preferably dark meat for me. I love the dark meat. And the gravy. And, of course, you know, the sweet potato pie, which is I'm finding to be a rare art. And sometimes I'm like, I live in Nashville. You can't find a good sweet potato pie in Nashville. Yeah. You have to go down to Alabama. That's right. Or, or Georgia <laughs> or, or Atlanta to get a good sweet potato pie. Because I found that I thought when I was moving to Nashville that I was moving to the South. But Nashville is in the South. But as far as Southern cooking, it's very different because it's a, it's a, it's a melting pot of Southern life. But the cooking in Mississippi and Alabama are very different from the cooking in Nashville. All I could find was a chest pie, sweet potato pie. So sometimes people will ship me a sweet potato pie from somewhere else. <laughs> hey, we'll see if we can get you one. <laughs> Be careful. I'm, I'm a harsh critic. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to our special holiday edition of Biscuits and Jam. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Make sure to tune in next week for my interview with singer-songwriter, home renovator, and retail entrepreneur, Holly Williams. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays, everyone.